Hey, expats and travelers, welcome to this week's episode sponsored by WorldPost.io, the virtual mailbox service powered by Anytime Mailbox. We'll get to the features and benefits a little later. If you're interested in becoming an expat, whether you're moving to Portugal or another overseas location, I highly recommend you get your finances in order before you move. Yes, it's actually really important that you do it before you go. I know when we first got started, we did not do it that way. But if we knew John McNertney at Green Ocean Global, we would have gone to him as he's someone that is Lisbon-based and he is experienced with expat financial challenges. So he's a go-to person that we recommend. Right, he can help you with long-term investments, financial systems, and international taxes. And he's actually helped us and producer Dan has used him to explore what it would be like to move abroad and see if it would fit his family's current financial situation. I think what's great about him is that he gives you personalized plans. He will look into your unique situation and he'll help you out. And this is honestly what's super necessary because we get tax questions and finance questions on the YouTube channel and literally no background from the person that's asking us the question. So now we've started to point people to John. Right, because everyone is different and everyone has their own unique situation. So you need an expert to help you out. All right, so visit greenoceanglobal.net for contact information and further assistance. Check out the show notes below. Hello, and welcome, my emerging expat. You're tuned in to Let's Move to Portugal. I'm producer Dan, and I have the distinct honor of bringing you YouTube travelers and our resident Portugal experts, expats everywhere's Josh and Kaylee. Each week, they'll inspire, they'll educate, and they'll accompany you on your journey to Portuguese residency. This week on Let's Move to Portugal, we're inspired by Dana's bold solo voyage to Portugal, carving out a community-focused existence. Join Josh and Kaylee as they explore her path from single retiree to an integral connector in Portugal's expat tapestry. Hey, expats and travelers alike, it is season two, episode five. How are you doing? Normally you ask me first. I'm going to ask you. How yeah, you doing? I pause so you can ask me. I'm doing <laughs> oh. well. And you? <laughs> I'm doing okay. Thanks. I'm fine. Thank you. And you? <laughs> so, listener, we have a bit of an update on kind of life. The sun is actually shining outside, which is miraculous considering we've had, what, 18, 19 days of, of rain. Not uh, full not rain been... the whole day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And people think that, you know, that's what Porto's like. But yeah, there has been some weird weather lately. It's been incredible. Not soul crushing, but it's just been incredible. Like we've had moments in the past few days where it's literally been like full on sunshine outside and raining. Yeah. Or just full on sunshine and then all of a sudden, boom, downpour. So you think, oh, I can go outside for this quick errand with no umbrella or no hood or something. And then you get caught in it. Or we get caught taking Sia like in the morning or afternoon. I'm like, okay, the weather looks pretty good. There seems to be a break for like an hour so we can walk. And then you get drenched with the stroller. Yeah. Fortunately, she just laughs. Like she's got like a shield (laughs) that we pull over her head. The canopy. The canopy. And she just laughs at us getting soaked. It's been weird. My concern is that we're going to have a very wet winter. Because, well, we've skipped fall. Yeah, there's been like there was no fall. That's right because we right had we had summer this, hot weather through like mid October, which like is hot. also weird. Hot. Yeah, but really nice, sunny. Loved it. Warm, uh, weird for that time of year. Yeah. But then yeah, it's like we've completely skipped fall. There we have did. been there have been leaves changing though, so that is pretty red leaves and orange leaves that are on the trees and on the on the ground now. But the rain part of it is more like we're in winter. Yeah, and it's not actually this year at least unique to the north. We've seen weather patterns at least from Lisbon up um, wet. Yeah, right? we've heard of, we've we have heard of people um, like in the Discord group that we have for expats everywhere. Uh, someone is currently in Tavira, like someone that is doing a scouting trip. They're in Tavira and they've been sharing photos of like beautiful sunny days happening down there. So Tavira is in the uh, in the south, in Algarve, south east. Yeah. So down there is not as bad. But apparently there have been a lot of That's storms good. off of the coast. That's right. Uh, back-to-back type storms. 
So that's what we've been told, and that's what's bringing all this rain. Fun times. Yeah, it can go away now. I'd be happy with it yeah, for it can. a little bit. Because like last year, I, I tell people, oh, you know, mid-November, you're still sitting outside at cafes with the light sweater on, and it's pleasant. Yeah. But man, these past couple weeks, not so much. Okay, so update on the YouTube side, and, and then maybe we can talk a little bit, bit more about personal stuff before we jump into this week's interview. But on the YouTube side, uh, we had a bit of a fiasco as we tried to connect the uh, podcasts with the channel. It dumped a bunch of impressions out. So what we've decided to do, because this is all very new to us, the fact that YouTube is offering us a way to create a podcast still on the platform that will play on YouTube like a video, which is weird because not all of these are going to actually have videos. Like, for example, uh, today Kaylee is suffering some allergies, so her face is puffy. <laughs> so, therefore, we're not going to have a video. Thankfully. <laughs> yeah. But in the future, what we're going to do is we're going to be able to record these with our camera on and be able to, to look at you eye to eye as we uh, go through the weekly welcome, and then on into the actual recorded video part of the podcast itself, which is cool. Now, what we've had to do is we've had to shut off the um, the link between our podcast and the channel, and we have redirected everything to a separate YouTube channel that is Expats Everywhere Podcast. And <laughs> which means we currently have four channels now on yeah. YouTube. <laughs> yeah, but this one's different because this one's going to be very much automated. Um, so when we do a podcast and we load it to our, our main site, which is transistor.fm, it will just get redirected then to YouTube. So then you can listen to it on YouTube or you can continue to listen on any of your favorite That's exactly podcast it. platforms. That's like exactly Spotify it. and stuff. Yeah. Exactly. So it's just another option, I guess, right? And then when we do have videos – you'll see the video format on YouTube or you can listen to it just straight up on YouTube music, which I've never actually used before. Yeah, YouTube's diversifying. So fun times. And, you know, all of this is is honestly supported by our community. So we really appreciate you. If you're if you're a, a member, a paying member of our community, we appreciate it. But even if you're not, it's, it's all good. It, it all helps us out. And, yeah, we appreciate it. Yes, we love you. Okay, so building projects. We have hit some delays. We've had some some good movement. So for example, we have been registering for the ARU, which is like Aria Rehabilitação Urbanizada or something. I don't know. I'd have to pull up what ARU stands for. But essentially, it is a zone in the city where if you are doing some sort of re, uh, redevelopment, renovations, rehabbing of property, and you take that property from its current energy efficiency up like two or three levels, then you can get your taxes back, your IMT taxes back. And there's also like a 6% tax on, I think it's tax on services, if, uh, if you're an ARU property anyways. So we have gone through or we're going through the process of getting that. So people that have bought property, uh, bought a unit with us, they are going to be able to take advantage of that tax refund. At the end of the project, when someone comes back from the city and says like, oh yeah, you were at an energy rating of E, which is one above F, <laughs> But the that's worst, what it is right now. <laughs> uh, and now you've raised it to a B plus or an A or whatever. And therefore, you get your IMT taxes back, which could be a savings of like tens of thousands of euros. Yes, it's definitely worth it. So we're going through that process and that's looking good. But like Josh said, we're, I guess, a, a slight delay, not much. We could have started demolition on November 2nd, but... We are waiting. Like that was the day that we could start, but we're waiting for one more license to allow the architect engineer to block the road to get the machinery in. Yeah. Uh, they've got to put a crane up and everything, and it's a one-way street, and so they have to have authorization to block it. There has to be a police officer out there. So yeah. we need City Hall to just 
give us that date and then we can get going. Let's go, City Hall. <laughs> yeah. Come on. We were just speaking with a Portuguese friend who, you know, he had asked if uh, how if, the project how the project was going, and we said, "Well, we're waiting on the camera." And he's like, "And the, he and his wife exactly. always, always, it's that. That's always the answer when people are are doing something." So we are in that position as well. Yeah, he's like, "It's not just you." <laughs> yeah, but we also have another channel for all of that stuff. Yeah, uh, let's get building with Josh and Kaylee. So we will be putting updates on there too for more comprehensive updates and, and video shots of progress. That's it. But let's talk a bit about Dana. Dana is our guest that is an inspiring retiree who has moved to Portugal and she moved in spring of 2022. Kaylee sat down with her. How was the conversation? It was a lot of fun. It was nice talking to her. She's down in like the Cascais area and she moved, like Josh said, in 2022. So she's been here for a little bit and uh, has her own place, is really connected with the community. She's uh, retired and also on her own. So she did the move by herself, which was solo. Yeah, which was something that I know that there's a lot of ladies out there who are considering it. Uh, so she's a great resource, a great lady to talk to about what that's like to do that when you know, retire and then move somewhere abroad on your own. So it was a really good conversation. Literally, when you said that, Beyonce's like all the single ladies popped up <laughs> in my head. Oh, all the single ladies. Uh, that's but if a throwback now, if it you is, think about it, it. what year did that come out? But that used to I be mean, the good one at the, at the clubs. <laughs> yes. Fortunately, you will know what we're talking about. However, if it was a younger person that was listening to this podcast, they'd be like, what? You, Although they would know Beyonce. Are you calling uh, our listeners old? No. <laughs> I'm, I'm calling them similar <laughs> age Similar to age, us. yes. Yes, everyone knows Beyonce, but that's a quite an iconic song. So oh, if you is, haven't heard, go listen to it. But yeah. Uh, 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 <laughs> but yes, uh, you know, we do have a, a lot of friends who are single women instead of saying single ladies. Well, we actually women know some are, single men too. Men too, yes, yes. So it's a it's definitely a doable thing uh, if you want to do it on your own. Yeah. So she was great chatting to about that, just the confidence in that. Yeah, I will say that though the, the common denominator between both the single men and the single women that we know – is that they both like men. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, that's not everyone, but yeah, that, that seems to happen a bit more. Oh, that's true. We do know a couple uh, a couple single guys that like women. <laughs> but it's hard, isn't it? Like we've actually talked about, oh, like could, could we introduce these people? But it's like, I mean, we can introduce them as friends, but not as romantic yeah. uh, <laughs> matchmaking, <laughs> right? Where are All we right. going with this, Josh? We're going, listen, uh, we're, we're going to roll an ad and then we're going to get to our interview with Dana. Okay, great. Worldpost.io is powered by Anytime Mailbox, which means you can get your mail anytime, anywhere, even on your smartphone. And they really have competitive pricing with their lowest package starting at $5 per month. Here's a cool feature they have. World Post can relay things from the U.S. to Europe. So that includes documents. <laughs> Amazon purchases. Amazon the purchases. US. <laughs> and you can get it to Portugal. And they have a variety of packages. Some include secure shredding, free junk mail filters, and things like that. I bet you love that junk mail filter. Oh, lots of junk mail. I sign up for a lot of newsletters. <laughs> She's not joking. So if you're interested in worldpost.io, you can visit the website or check the link in the show notes below. Okay, let's talk about Lusitana Dreams because what they're offering is really great. Yeah, it definitely is. And Dallas actually has grown Lusitano Dreams since we first met him. So he's really getting his process dialed in. The thing that I like about it is it removes the barrier and, and choke point of the proof of accommodation because that's been one of the biggest things that the D7 and the D8 for the, like the long-term people have had problems with, right? Yeah, it's definitely something that is really hard to lock yourself into sight unseen. But here you can have a legitimate contract. You can rest assured that it's going to be a soft landing because you're coming into a furnished place in a good location and a livable location until you can kind of get your bearings and figure out where you really want to live. And the cool thing about it is that they can start your lease when you arrive. So you're not like burning a few months of, of cash essentially paying for an apartment or paying for a lease that you're not using. Yeah, that's one that's really hard to negotiate, trying to get a lease that starts when you want to arrive and not when you are actually applying. So the fact that they offer that as a service to where you're not, like you said, burning those months saves you a lot of money. Yep, Lusitano Dreams offers 
visa-friendly proof of accommodation. So that could be for the D7 visa or the D8 visa. And their properties include detached houses, apartments, room rentals as well in different locations like Lisbon, Cascais, Lule, and they're expanding too. So uh, soon to be Porto and quite possibly Silver Coast. Yeah, which is really exciting. So check out Lusitano Dreams for more information. We have a link in the show notes below. Dana, thank you so much for joining us on Let's Move to Portugal. We really appreciate it. Let's first start with how you decided to move to Portugal. What was that process like being a retiree here? I retired a long time ago, about uh, when I was 50. So I've okay. had a chance to look for quite some time. And um, I knew I didn't, by 2015 or so, I was really becoming frustrated with the United States. Um, I'd always been a bit of an outlier myself. And, you know, you can't talk politics. You can't, families are being shattered over politics. And it just, it, people just got ugly and opinionated and not willing to see another side. So when a friend traveled to Portugal and raved about it, I said, I'm going. And of course, I raved about it too. Um, this to me, Keshkaish in particular, um, reminds me of what I thought was the best of Southern and Northern California that I could afford. <laughs> that is, you know, moderate weather, um, no, ice, no ice, no snow, and um, really decent, not hot summers. So I thought about moving here quite some time, um, went back and forth for four or five years, learned about the D7 process, which is the retirement visa, actually detailed, but easy to get. That yeah. is, you just have to prove a certain amount of in passive income, could be anything from your savings. And um, you also have to prove that you're not a criminal and um, carry health insurance for a while. So for me, that was an easy process. Uh, stressful, but easy. <laughs> In the yeah. End. What what year did you did you make your move? My D seven arrived in January this year. Okay. I moved permanently in May, but I've had an apartment here for eighteen months, so it feels like two three years to me. But the last six months have been very solid, Portugal only. Okay. Did you purchase here? No, I'm not sure enough of what I'm doing here to purchase. I'm by myself. Um, recently separated, and. I just didn't feel like I had enough knowledge to plunk down that amount of money. Um, and while I love my apartment, it's not fit for two people. And someday that may happen. And sure. You know, in the meantime, I don't need to be buying anything. Yeah. Required. Why, did, why did you choose cash guys? Cash guys. Well, you know, I developed friends here over the years and um, there's a wonderful group of women. There's actually a Facebook a group called Women Over 50 Moving to Portugal. Okay. Which I thought was fascinating. Um, there's about 10% expats here. And so it's very easy to get along in English here, which of course is the only language I know while I'm studying Portuguese, which will take me two years. <laughs> it's very difficult. What, uh, when you say there, there are 10% of expats there, what are the different nationalities that are represented? There's a lot of Americans here, a lot of British sparks, sparkling, spackling of uh, all over Europe. So you get a lot of people that, for example, there's a big UN community here. People okay. that live to the United Nations or UNHCR, a lot of Irish and uh, British, although the British tend to go south to the... Uh, Algarve. Yeah, the Algarve. Yeah, yeah. But this is this is. I'm I'm 40 minutes by train from Lisbon. I can go anywhere. I'm nestled up against the Sintra Mountains, which are amazing in and of themselves, and of course the palace and the old Moorish castle. And there's just so much to see and do here. And I wanted to be in Europe, and this sure. is a place that really welcomed foreigners. Absolutely. How often do you make it into Lisbon? Probably about once a week. Okay. What do you do there? What brings you to Lisbon? I go to AA meetings. Okay. <laughs> and I go to art shows and um, go shopping, go to have dinner, you know, whatever. Are the AA meetings in English or Portuguese? We have or a mixed. solid AA meeting, a solid AA group. We have three of them. Um, there's one in Lisbon, one in Stril, which is two train stops away from me. I could walk. 
Mm-hmm. And the other one I walk and it's about five minutes away from my apartment. Okay. So it's, it's a good cast of characters that I can reasonably interact with as a sober person working through sobriety. Yeah. Well, if you don't mind me talking about it, asking you about it. Sure. How tempting is Portugal considering drinking is very much a part of this culture and the wine, the wine, like wine and beer are cheap. We tend to find a lot of foreigners move here. And then I don't want to say pick up a habit of drinking, <laughs> but definitely drink more than they are. They would, let's say in the States or UK or Australia or Canada, because it's much cheaper. It's cheaper. And it's very much part of the social fabric. Right. You know, when, when I retired, I felt like I could just let, or sorry, when I moved here, I felt like yeah. I could just let go. And okay. part of the attraction was initially was the drinking, you know, mm. you could drink at lunch, you could drink mm-hmm. all day, but being an alcoholic, that isn't actually an ideal situation for me. And I just, right. and I, but, you know, rather than being socially out there with people with drinking, because drinking is very much a social activity, right? That's, that's sure. what we all think about. And I'm not good with social drinking. I just am not. I end up making people mad or making myself mad or being embarrassed. And that's just not something that works for me now. Mm-hmm. So how is it? Yeah. The brief of it, of it is I'm glad I went to treatment. So I had 30 days with all sorts of other addicted people. <laughs> Many of them were like, ah, crazy, but I am too. And um, then I came here and the advantage I have is that I'm older and I'm far less likely to be tempted by, hey, let's go out and party at the bar. Sure. Yep. But first of all, that's not actually the culture here. There's there is the people who bring that tend to be Americans or British or, you know, the binge type drinking. Yeah. Um, or a younger demographic as well. Right? Yeah. Because it's yeah. easier to do it when you're young and you're older. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And so my you, friends, my friends are mature. They've been great about saying, no worries you don't drink, you know, I brought, we had a, a parade of the rosés day at a friend of mine's house and I don't know, there are 15 of us mm-hmm. and everybody brought, brought a variety of rosé. Yep. And I brought pink Schweppes, which I was Perfect. thrilled. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. So, um, you know, alcohol is everywhere. It yeah. just is. It yeah. yeah. The only difference between here and anywhere else is that it's, if you're retired, you don't have anything else you have to do. And it's much more socially acceptable to drink around lunch. It's very assumed that when you go somewhere, wine will be offered or or looked forward to. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, you know, Kaylee and I, we noticed the, the impact that the additional consumption of alcohol has had on our bodies. And, um, and you know, we've made a much more concerted effort to, to just kind of cut back on that. It wasn't it wasn't nearly the idea of like, you know, cognitive functioning functions <laughs> declining or anything like that, but it was just like our bodies were taking a toll and we were so used to kind of being in a, an athlete's kind of mindset, you know, wanting to have a fit body that, yeah, we, we definitely started to scale back, uh, the amount of, of social drinking we do. So oftentimes I'll go out with friends and I'll just order a pedras, uh, aguas pedras, which is uh, oh, yes. sparkling water. And, um, you know, it looks like I'm having something, but I'm having water. Yeah. So it makes it, it makes it really easy. Okay. So you go into Lisbon once a week, you said, mm-hmm. yeah. how long does it, uh, or, or what's the journey like? Cause you said it's about 40 minutes, but what's the journey like? Is it pretty easy to just hop on the train or do you have to, like several transfers that you have to make? No, no, it's fabulous. Okay. Yeah. I picked my apartment partly because it's, it's a block away from the train station. So I walk anywhere in Qashqais central is pretty close to the train station. Um, the train runs every 20 minutes. So there's rarely much of a wait. Okay. And it's 40 minutes into Lisbon at the end of the line, Kaj de Sodra. Yep. Other places in Lisbon can involve, you know, uh, the Metro or another train or even a bus or an Uber. Um, all of which are really available and relatively easy to work around. The Portuguese people, as you probably well know, can be incredibly helpful. They really want you to enjoy what you're doing and to find what you've lost and you know those kinds. Yeah. Of things. 
Yeah. Nice. So um, it's easy. It, it really is easy. I would imagine that there's, you know, there's a fair amount of people that arrive into Cash de Sodra and they just stay in that area because mm-hmm. you've got the you've got the timeout market there, or at least by foot, you know, you can walk down along the the, the riverside, uh, or kind of go a few streets back, and you have tons of restaurants and and things to do just in that area. So you, right. yeah, coming from Kashkaish, you don't necessarily need to then hop on another mode of transportation to to do anything. Well, one of my favorite restaurants is a little place right past the train station, going towards the river. And you go up the stairs and there's, it's a two-story restaurant. looks right out over the river. Great viewing place, decent food, not too expensive. What kind of food is it? Oh, you would ask me something like that. I don't know. <laughs> Portuguese or, or uh, international? I'm not a fan of typical Portuguese. I okay. apologize. You don't have to. No, um, I'm not taking any offense. <laughs> um, you know, the fresh food is fantastic. The, uh-huh. the fish is amazing. The salmon is great. They just don't spice things up much. And being in Kashkash, of course, there's lots of typical Portuguese restaurants which serve foods that I'm just not yet a fan of. Okay. You know, the cod, uh-uh. Uh-uh. Donata. <laughs> not a fan of the cod. I, I like octopus, but I don't eat it now. Like many, I watched the Netflix documentary and I'm like, ah, uh, another thing off the table. Great. <laughs> I just heard about that documentary. It's fabulous. You might not eat octopus afterwards. So to give give context to the listener, there's a documentary where a scientist befriends a octopus. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a scientist or a diver? No, I don't think he's a scientist. He's a uh, free diver. So he a diver. doesn't dive with any tanks or anything. But yeah. he dives in the cold waters and um, he spends a year with an octopus that he comes to talk to. And uh, I shouldn't say talk to. They... They connect. They really do. The octopus yeah. crawls on his hands. Yeah. He's curious about him. And of course, this particular species only lives one year. So he gets to see her through most of a year of life. Ah, okay. And it's astonishing. She has babies and then she dies, which is what that breed does. Mm. And the the video is just amazing and interesting. And I can see why a lot of people said, oh, well, I'm not going to eat octopus again. Because <laughs> that's right. You were one of them. Yeah, it's a sentient creature more than like even a cow, probably. Sure. Um, At least it seems like it. So that's what I got out of that. Okay, interesting. Well, maybe I'll avoid it. Sounds like a fascinating documentary, but I do like octopus. So, uh, okay. So, what foods have you found that have been pleasing to your palate? Because we do know of someone who is a major foodie that moved to Portugal. This was like 2012. 2021 and and she and her husband within i think about a year decided to leave because the food scene just wasn't like what they were looking for she moved to asia yeah so um, talk to surprising me you should m- mention asia um i really do actually like asian food okay there's a very decent um thai restaurant here um in the center of the town um there are some good i i'm a yoga teacher and I became not vegetarian, but really vegetable focused. Okay. I'm not a plant-based huge eater. Yeah, more plant-based. And so um, I'm going to Roots Cafe for the first time today. House of Wonders is fabulous for vegan or vegetarian. And um, there are creative places to get food. There's If you find a pizza place that's run by Italians, mm-hmm. and not our, our famous, um, who are they, our are people from India that seem yeah. to run a lot of the restaurants. Yeah. And even there you can get halfway decent pizzas. I like, I like the fact that there are a lot of different types of food. I don't eat sushi per se, but there are a lot of what look like decent sushi restaurants around. And uh, you just see a lot of typical Portuguese, you know, so you have to look for other things. Yeah, so I have to say I went to Italy two weeks ago and loved the food. Yeah, <laughs> loved for, the food. Sure. I was like, ah. for sure. Yeah. For sure. Kaylee and I are planning a trip uh coming up pretty soon. Well, around around Christmas, New Year's. Um, we're doing a road trip in Italy and we are super excited about all the food. Yeah. I mean, we probably will not eat non-Italian food, but a few times. We'll probably just eat Italian regional dishes just because we don't often eat it, to be honest. We don't we don't eat it here 
in Portugal very much. And if we do, it's usually me cooking something that I I learned how to make from my dad, who's not Italian, but does cook Italian food very well. (laughs) So tell me about pricing. I mean, do you see a massive price difference between the Portuguese restaurants and the foreign restaurants in Qashqai? Um, there are some, a new Chinese opened up and it had shockingly to me high prices. Okay. I think, you know, paying 15 euros at minimum for a lunch seems like a lot to me because that's a $20 lunch and that's not including drinks. Um, oftentimes your entree will be 15 and it typically doesn't come with anything else unless you pay for it. Like, you know, you pay for bread and olives and all that other stuff. Yeah. So I come away feeling like I haven't had enough a lot of times. Okay. I don't know about the divide between, you know, foreign and local. It seems like they kind of merge a lot. Um, there's, okay. not, there's not big chains here in Qashqai for sure. Um, right. The chains that are here are local chains and things that are actually quite good. Um, we don't have a honest greens in Qashqai, but there sure is one, two in Lisbon. <laughs> there sure are yeah. two in Lisbon. And for the price and for the quality, I think it's a really good, reasonable choice. And I'm sure that's not based from uh, from Portugal, just not the standard type of fare. Yeah, we. it's funny you mentioned Honest Green. So we have a friend that's visiting who is vegetarian. And we said, yeah, let's go to Honest Greens. And she was like, fantastic. She knew what it was. She's She lives in Miami, but she knew what it was because she spent quite a bit of time in Spain. I think yeah. that they're actually headquartered in Madrid, I believe. They might be. I know I, I met them in New York City and was just thrilled with the variety and the freshness. You know, it's just like going to a salad bar, except someone actually knows what they're doing. And yes. And they're really great things. And, you know, 10 euros later, unlimited water if you get just plain water or, or, yes. or even yeah, exactly water. unlimited water where here in Qashqaish and in Lisbon, you're going to pay for every pedrash, every sparkling water you order. Right. If you're lucky, they serve them in the big bottles. Because right. as a non-drinker, I find, as a non-alcoholic drinker, I I find that I drink a lot of water when I'm with other people. Sure. Um, gives me something to do and um, yeah, that kind of stuff. So. Right on. Yeah. And it, like you said, it, it can add up because... I mean, in general, the price of a sparkling water is the same price of a Superbach or a Sagresh, <laughs> right. which is which is generally, I think, what leads people to drink. Yeah. You, you right. look at it and you're like, I could get plain water or I could get an alcoholic beverage. Yeah. Yeah. Right. More satisfying. And yeah, I'm teaching them how to serve water Americano style, which is Americano style. <laughs> Is with a big glass of lots of ice, muito, yeah. muito, jello. Yeah. Because they don't usually serve. If if you ask for ice, you will get one cube. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not ice for water for me. Sorry. Okay, right on. So do you do you have a, a cafe kind of culture there where you meet up with friends and you go to cafes and have coffee and pastry, or is it more like lunch and dinner type of things where you you interact socially with your friends? It's both. It's both. Oh, okay. um, coffee or coffee, uh, espresso in my case, um, and something sweet is very common. Um, I am taking Portuguese lessons, uh, just a little up, up the hill, you know, up from 25 April up the hill. And so I sometimes have lunch there. Um, but that's a good place for coffee and a, and a sweet. Do you have any favorite pastries? No, yeah, anything chocolate. My goodness. Okay. Okay. <laughs> the, the pastries here are actually very, very good. Yeah. I would say the little chocolate uh, cookie, the cookies that are white with dark chocolate, you know, they're dipped in dark, dark yep. chocolate or painted or whatever. Um, yeah, you can find lots of good sweets here. Um, even, even a baked apple, which is just the apple itself. Yeah. put in the oven and it collapses in on itself and it's soft and they probably put, I'm sure they put cinnamon or something else on it mm-hmm. to add to the sweetness. Um, you can find really good gelato here. You have to work at it. There's places that sell gelato and, and it's not. It's What's the big chain there that uh, you usually see lines out in front of the shop? Yeah, that's really actually right where I live. I live right almost right above Santini. I, that's it, Santini. That's it. 
I thought that's where you were describing when you were describing where you lived. I thought that was where it was. Okay. Right out over everything. Yeah. And, uh, uh, ice cream. Um, goodness. Food is not my forte. I'm so sorry. If you ask me, I'll do a lot better. (laughs) Well, let's actually talk about, because you mentioned walking up to your Portuguese lessons. Let's talk about that. How did you find the place where you're studying Portuguese? How much do you pay? And and what's it like? Tell us your experience. Oh, sure. She was referred to me, the lady I'm taking the classes from. That's where she holds classes because it's close to her apartment and people just come there. Um, it's up in an area that's close to a highly expat area. So you typically see uh, people walking that look like expats along with obviously all the Portuguese but uh, yeah, it's a little cafe, Sisal, S I S A L, and that's a chain of restaurants. You see them, or of little coffee shops. You see them all over. And what else did you ask me? What the? What, how did I find her? Yeah, from friends of friends. Okay. And I paid twenty five euros a session. There were two of us, both of us paying twenty five. I've heard of other teachers that'll take up to four people for 30 euros total. I do like that I have basically a one-on-one or almost one-on-one. It's very helpful to me. Um, I'm doing more and better now that my other friend has left to go back to the States for six months. (coughs) Excuse me. And we meet twice a week, which I'd highly recommend. Once a week is not enough for this language. Agreed. Um, Yeah. And um, I've developed quite a friendship with her as well. So nice. That, yeah, yeah. We had she had a lunch thrown by her students down at um, not John Bull, but the other one down there, uh, the Palm Tree, and the food at the Palm Tree was surprisingly good. I was really impressed. Nice. Yeah. So, I, so your lessons, your lessons with her, are they one hour or an hour and a half? How long are the sessions? An hour. And are they conversation based, or do you have a textbook? She starts out with, "What do you want to know?" And okay. you know the obvious things: who, what, where, when, and why are good words to know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and verbs. But to some extent, it's really been conversational from the get-go. Okay. Like, I want to go shopping at the market. I want to buy this. How much does this cost? How to get the the bill? And I, I knew some basics of Portuguese. I was studying with Duolingo. Which note to your viewers: be sure. The Portuguese app that, or the app you use to start learning Portuguese is not Brazilian. And I know of one and it's um, Memrise, which yes. I actually recommend because many of the other big ones that have maybe some better features, you're learning Brazilian, which might help you, but might also confuse you because it's not the same. Yeah. The sound is very different. There are some grammatical differences between <laughs> the two in terms of the, the way that Brazilians structure their Portuguese versus uh, European Portuguese being structured. Yeah, you're exactly right. Uh, Kaylee and I use Memrise as well as a part of, of the course that we do, which is Portuguese with Carla. Uh, we're still working through the journey uh, with her, which is an online course. However, I think at some point, Kaylee and I will switch over to doing an in-person class as opposed to online because with with some of the classes you can that are accredited you can essentially get your a2 and then when you're ready for citizenship you already have your a2 certification and you don't have to sit for a test kaylee gets these like test anxieties (laughs) really doesn't want to uh, doesn't want to sit for a test for me i'm like when are we going to find time to go to classes for like three hours a day, twice a week. Cause I think that's generally what they are. They're, they're long, um, they're like university, you know? Yeah. The, the government sponsors, the Portuguese government sponsors, and I believe it's only 20 euros to do it. Um, I believe it's eight weeks and it's probably, I, I'm tip. guessing three times a week for like four hours a day. Yeah. So, you know, you're, you're really studying at a university level and a lot of work is required to go into it. Almost all my friends, when they heard about it, joined up last September and all but two couples dropped out. And I think b- doing it as a couple or as with a friend would be advisable because it is actually really hard. Um, you do take a oral test and a written test. 
but they don't require much to pass it. And like you said, if you want to go for citizenship and uh, become a citizen of the EU, that's an ideal path to take. I probably will do that course next fall after okay. I have a really good grounding in lots of the basics so that I'm not struggling with the very basics of, now what is the word for was again? Yeah. <laughs> you know, phooey. I get it now. <laughs> so I, you know, I'm wondering if, if what they could do is just is charge people um, 500 euros to join the course, and then they get a refund when they finish. That way they don't have <laughs> so many people drop out <laughs> because right. it's 20 bucks. I mean, I could imagine so many of the couples after the first week, they're like, you know what? We'll let them just have our $20 or I'm 20 euros. And walk away. Yeah. This is the first, the beginning of my retirement. I'm on vacation. I want to travel. You yeah. know, so that puts a big damper into your travel plans as well. Fortunately, the Portuguese enjoy their holidays a lot as well. So yeah. there are a lot of days that are that cancellations. Are yeah. Okay. Awesome that you bring up uh, traveling. And this was another reason why we haven't signed up for a course yet, because we too love to travel and we we don't want to be restricted. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you recently went to Italy. What are some other trips that you've done already that you've been living here in Portugal? And what are some things that you have planned or some places you want to check off the list? Oh, tons and tons. Um, I've been to the Azores uh, twice and um, great fun both times. Um, highly recommend going there to visit if you like the outdoors, if you like, you know, plan your trips around the whale season because the whales when they come should be phenomenal. I've, I've missed it both times. Uh, I've been to Italy. I've been over into Spain. We drove to Seville, which was thrilling because car rental is not expensive here to my, the way I feel about it, you know, 50 euros a day, especially if you've got more than one person. And if you can drive a stick, I can drive a stick. My dad hired me to learn it back in the sixties. I, I still stick. (laughs) Nice. yeah, as stick shift. Yeah, and the highways are really easy to drive on here. Um, they've got a great system of tolls, uh, which are expensive. And of course, gas is expensive. But you can take trains or buses to just about anywhere within Portugal. So I've been to Porto. I did the Camino last uh, spring. Uh, we walked uh, however many miles it is, 120 or, or 72, whatever the mileage is. But it was seven days of walking from 8 a.m. till about 5 p.m. every single day. Um, that was phenomenal. So you end up, you actually, if you're only doing seven days, you spend most of your time on that walk in Spain because you go north of Porto and go up to Spain. Italy for two weeks, planning on going to Greece. I've been there before and want to go. This spring, a friend of mine from AA has put together a group of 20 people that are going snow skiing in Italy nice. and Switzerland and France because you can you can get to where all three border each other. That's and right. You can, you can choose which to which to ski on. Flying from Lisbon, you can go direct, you know, to back to the states. I've been to the states a couple of times for family family matters. And then uh, let's see where else. Good grief. I, you've already to, named a ton of spots. And, I've been to Gibraltar, and, which was fabulous. That's and, still on the list for us. Yeah, and yeah. Ronda in Spain, down by the southern coast, the Costa del Sol of Spain, mm-hmm. uh, Marbella. And um, yeah, I've named a ton of places, and I feel like I'm always planning my next trip. Nice. Nice. Well, so that sounds like a a major pro to living in Portugal. What are some cons that you have of living here? You know, the language is difficult. It would be very nice if it was a classic Latin language that, you know, Spanish in comparison is a piece of cake to learn. At least it feels like to me because so much of it you already know. And uh, I think the language the food, if you're like me, you know, health inclined yoga teacher wanting more vegetables and that's, that's been a little difficult. Mm-hmm. I think being away from my friends and family and my whole support network is more than I bargained for, but I'm gathering it here. You know, I was very involved in the yoga community back in the States, uh, back in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which is actually where I'm from. And finding yoga that fits my style 
because yoga at my gym is, is actually pretty different than the yoga I'm used to and not something that I go, oh, I can't wait to go, which is how I usually feel about it. I can't wait to go. Yeah. So, yeah, that and, you know, a lot of people come here as couples and I highly recommend that. It can, it can be lonely at times. Um, I'm fortunate to have gone through rehab and started up with AA because I've met a lot of good friends from there. And that's yeah. thrilling. These are people like an instant that community that you have. And that's one of the benefits of AA is it is kind of an instant community. And nice. I'm very good friends with three or four of the people where we've traveled, we've gone on walk, weekend walks together. Yeah, it's nice. That's great. Okay. So language, food, if you're not into Portuguese food, uh, language being difficult, the support network that you lose whenever you move and having to rebuild that is a bit of a con. Uh, what was the other one? Oh, I don't know. Okay. It. <laughs> that well, was and, it? And, well, and, and, you know, wanting things like yoga in English, like I'm used okay. to. Yeah. Now, having said that, I'm going to a juice retreat this uh, in two weeks. It's a week-long retreat, juicing only. It's for fitness. It's for spirituality. We'll do yoga three times a day, and that will be yoga much more like what I'm used to. And the Portuguese are outwardly friendly, particularly when you're dealing with any service person. Um, they just, you know, anybody will try and help you. But I don't think they really open up their inner circles that fast or that well. Agreed. Yeah. So, Agreed. you know, having a good support system and, and you could have, you know, if you have children, I have a son, he's not able to come over just yet, but probably in the spring. But, um, you know, I found that I could travel and some of my friends couldn't afford to travel the way I do. Yeah. You know, so you, you end up making new friends and having people come over to visit is really lovely. That's who I went to Italy with was two friends from the U.S., Nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Well, at Expats Everywhere, we believe that living abroad transforms lives. How has living abroad transformed your life? <laughs> it, oh gosh, it's ideal in a lot of ways. I chose Keshkaish partly because I could walk everywhere and mm. don't have to have a car. And so that's increased my, my output of energy a lot. I walk most days and sometimes four, sometimes five miles, sometimes only two. But, you know, walking is an activity that you can do most every day, particularly if you're determined about it. You're young and athletic. I'm a yoga teacher. I don't, I don't go out of my way to, you know, sweat a whole lot anymore. But um, <laughs> it just it's never appealed to me that much. But, yeah, and uh, – Exploring other cultures, meeting people who have worked for UNHCR as a director of security. Good grief. You know, the things, all the hotspots in the world, he was part of that. You know, he was yeah. part of the protection process. Meeting people from the UN, um, meeting people who are well-versed in arts, who write journals about, or write articles about music for the New York Times, which a friend of mine I was having dinner with last night just let drop and I was like oh good grief you're a radio announcer and you know all these famous people he worked with um oh goodness I'm gonna forget the guy that just died that did uh the wreck of Fitzgerald Gordon Lightfoot thank you uh -huh. he was a producer for Gordon Lightfoot so that's been thrilling to meet people from different areas sorry can you hear that siren I can but it's okay it's the the ambient noise of life in Portugal no worries yeah, it, it is. Gosh, uh, I've worn shorts since I got here in May, and that's been great. I love the fact that I use no electricity in my apartment for heating or cooling virtually. I mean, I do mm. have fans and stuff like that, but I can get by without it. Um, wouldn't recommend it necessarily unless you're just such a fan. I leave my windows open 24-7, and I don't get mosquitoes. Ha, huh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and being able to eat outdoors and to relax into community, that's that's very different. Um, in Oklahoma, you have to drive everywhere and everybody's in a hurry. Um, that's a function of working, of course, but it's also a function of the character of the country. 
Um, here, people, you know, they close their businesses often at lunch, or if they're a restaurant, they close their businesses at three for their extended lunch, an hour and a half lunch. And so people here are very much more social. And that's something I really needed because I was in drinking so much, I was really isolating myself more and more towards my own house, my own bedroom, which is a sign of alcoholism. Um, <laughs> is when you start to isolate yourself. And I did. And now I have the whole world open to me and I'm excited about being able to travel anywhere. You know, uh, we're talking about going to the Galapagos, all over Europe, um, into Africa and India and Asia and all that kind of stuff. Awesome. Well, we're excited for you. We really appreciate your time, spending some time with us and we wish you the best continued health for you as well. Thank you so much for your time and meeting with expats everywhere. Okay. Thanks, Josh. So listener, we know that you are preparing to move to Portugal. We did everything ourselves for the D7 visa. So we have a DIY D7 course. We also have a DIY remote worker course now since they've split those up. And if you're already here, we have a living in Portugal course for you. Now, the difference between the D7 and the D8 or the digital nomad visa course that you could get is if you have active income, you should be getting the digital nomad or D8 course. If you have passive income, you should be getting the D7 course. And we have a special promotion for anybody that is a listener of this podcast. If you type in podcast at checkout, you will get $15 off. So these will just guide you through exactly what you need. They stay up to date as things change. And once you purchase it, it's yours for life. So if you're not ready to go now, you can still get it and take a look and you can use it later on. And Kaylee is a mad lady and she is always updating the course so that it doesn't fall out of date. Well, I have to because they're always changing things and so it has to stay up to date. That's facts. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Let's Move to Portugal. Contact info for all the services mentioned are in the show notes. If you like the show, please subscribe. If you love the show, please tell a friend, connect with us on our socials, and if you want to help us out, give us a review on your podcast player. Expats Everywhere Presents Let's Move to Portugal is produced by Time or Money Productions. Expats Everywhere researches our guests, and we do our best to provide factual and relevant information at the time of the recording. Despite our best efforts, we can make no guarantees as to the accuracy of what you've heard in this episode. We highly recommend that you do your own research and check your own facts. 